feels like we're on its territory. It's pissed. My daughter just told me she was going to die. It's bad. There was blood all over. Do you have any idea of how they died? It crashed head on into the waiting freight train. I hear something snap crunch. I would burn this place to the ground. There's warfare going on. They want to kill me. We shouldn't be here. They're being watched. My name is Amy Allen. This thing likes death. I see dead people. This thing's like a monster. I speak to dead people. And he's pissed off now. And they speak to me. His head was cracked. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. This guy was murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. I cannot help you unless I know the whole story. And I know every person, every house has secrets. You saw her? It's my job to reveal them. Why would you stay here? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Stop it. Stop it. We uncover if it's safe for you to stay. I want to know the truth. I want to know what's happening. Or time to get out. I told you there were ghosts in this house. Amy and I work independently of one another. I gather evidence, interview witnesses, and dig into the history of each location. When we're done, we reveal our findings to the clients and each other. I'm down in Brown Summit, North Carolina, just outside of Greensboro. I'm on my way to meet a woman named Sheila. She sounds scared to death. She says something in the house is making her family sick, and even worse, it's attacking her daughter who has special needs. I'm hoping Amy and I can help her out. Before Amy arrives, I look for anything that could influence her findings. This is clearly a family's home, so I have to remove all the photographs and personal items to clear the location for tonight's walk. Did my opening, I went to the graveyard and I saw there was a swing head, there was a little boy on it. Then this older man comes in, he's like in his 60s, and he just comes up to you and smacks him. And then he starts beating the kid up. But while he's doing that, he like morphs into a younger man. There was abuse towards children. I don't like this area though. This is bad. Oh, Sheila, now that I'm here, why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on? Well, we've been here for 25 years. Okay. And we've always noticed uh, footsteps in the house, hearing things, seeing things. And then my daughter, Amber, started getting sick, and then Carrie was born sick. Carrie is special needs. She's had 19 surgeries, and 14 of those have been brain surgeries. Oh, but since a few months ago, it's just taken a very negative turn. Okay, in what way? It's becoming very physical. Carrie has been seeing things. She kept saying uh, she was going to be wet and she was going to be burned. She has visions of being nailed to a cross. She's terrified to open her eyes. Okay. Just the other night, she hadn't spoke all day, and the only thing she said was ghost. 
She's terrified. If my partner Amy told you, you gotta get out of this house, what would you do? We can't afford to leave. We're very spiritual people, and I really do believe that we're dealing with something evil, but we're determined to get through this. Okay. Oh my God. What do you see? This dog thing. I can feel it like pushing on me, like panting, like kind of growling. What sort of things can it do to people? I think it's one of these dogs that kill people. I've never encountered anything like this. It looks like a mythical creature from hell. I don't want to get any closer because I have no idea what this thing is capable of doing to us. I mean, it's all black. Real solid black. Real thick. My heart's pounding because I'm nervous. <laughs> so, uh, why'd you bring me in this room? I wanted to show you a picture of Gary. This was taken a few months ago. Okay. That's your typical Carrie. Oh, she's pretty. She's she's very happy, but this is why we called you. Oh. She woke up that morning, and when I saw that, I was just terrified. Is there anything in the room that she could have grabbed and done this to no, herself? No, um, because she is in such a state that she's so out of it, no. And the thing is, I had just trimmed her nails. There were no hangnails. There was nothing that could have done that. Oh my God, this poor kid. And she's had scratches since that picture was taken, just this week. In the same spot or a different area? A different area on her uh, left collarbone. And I knew she didn't do that because I was with her the whole time. Did anybody in the house else besides her get these type of scratches? No, just Carrie. There is crying in here. There's crying from the bed. Weeping, weeping, not crying, weeping, weeping. I'm not sure why. Can you tell who's doing it? It might be a living person. Female. Very sad, like such sadness. So Sheila, is this your bedroom? Yes. Okay, so what's going on in here? She's crying, if you're hearing that. Okay, so she's in this constant state of, the, of anxiety and depression, I guess, right? Constant state of that and constant state of seeing things. She just told me she was going to die. Now, how do you try to calm her down when she's like that? It's very difficult to keep her calm. It's breaking my heart. It's, it's killing us. She's a really good, genuine person. And I tell her all the time, Carrie, you are a light to right. people. Right. So we have to remind ourselves of the old Carrie and keep telling ourselves she will come back. Okay. So is there anything specific happening to you in this room? I did see an apparition, a girl. I saw her go from 
this area all the way out and into the living room. Okay, did she look at you or? No. Right. But also quite often when I have to come lay down, I will feel pressing on the bed. Like somebody's sitting? Right. It feels like someone is leaning on the bed just to aggravate me. It's interesting. It's gotten so bad. One day I was in here and I was really sick. I just swatted my hand out and just said, leave me alone. What do you think's going on in this house? I mean... I don't know at this point. But uh, I'm wondering if it's following Carrie. Okay. There is a child running, 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 running out. You know, like freaking hyperactive. This kid is nuts. I do feel like this, the top of this bed's involved. I don't know if the kid's jumping up on there. This kid is running all over the place, but all you see is this white light. You just see the white light and the streaks and stuff, you know what I mean? So what kind of experience would any, somebody in the bed have? The bed would shake and they'd feel the pressure. It's bad. It wants to uh, do creepy to people. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Now, your wife explains some of the things that she's experienced in the house. How about yourself? Are you experiencing anything? Yeah, through the years, I'd hear what sounded to me like barefoot steps, boom, 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 up and down the hallway. 90% of the time, I'd open the door, check. Nobody there. So, Jimmy, what do you know about the, the, the land or the property the house was built on? Well, I know the house was built in uh, 1902. Okay. And that it was part of the Rudd Farm. My grandparents moved in sometime in the early to mid-50s. So you've been around this house a long time? Pretty much my whole life, yes. But recently it's, it's gotten uh, more violent or, or it, seems, it just seems like the girls have been picked on. 
seeing that's what pushed us to contact you guys. Carrie is such a uh, innocent person and why she's attacked. She's been through a lot her whole life and, and it just seems to get worse and worse. Her whole personality has changed. She's gotten to where we've had to spoon feed her where she was a vibrant girl, loved to run, play, life of the party. She said, Daddy, I don't have laugh in me anymore. It just grieves me to see her suffer like this. And it's not just her, her sister is experiencing things too. Jimmy, let me ask you a question. What do you think, what do you think is actually going on here? We know that there's spiritual warfare going on. It seems like the, the ones that are hurt the most are the innocents. Right. And she's as innocent as they come. I'm seeing this dog thing again. While I was watching it, it friggin' changed shape three times. You know, from a dog to a human to a really tall creature thing. Even though it scared me, I'm going to try and learn more about this bizarre creature. All I know right now is that it can change shape and it's very territorial. It, want, it doesn't want people on its land, its space. I mean, it's all over here, back there, back there, back there. Is this something that could do anything to people? I, yeah, I think it could. I, I don't know yet what it can do. I wouldn't go out there. So Amber, I was talking to mom, and she was explaining what's going on here, so I wanted to talk to you. Um, find out what you're experiencing. This place, uh, ever since we moved in, um, I've been really tired. So it definitely affects affects me physically. And certain rooms are worse than others. Which room is worse for you? My sister's room. She's the most important person in the whole world to me. It's not fair. I'm supposed to protect her. I can't protect her from this. Do you think she understands what's going on? No. No. Definitely not. I gave her a hug, and she managed to say, I love you. I, I thought in my head, that's the last time I'm going to hear her say that. I'm so worried about her that I don't care what it throws at me. Okay. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of it anymore because I know whatever it is is a coward if it's picking on her. And I've asked. What do you mean you've asked? I said, whatever you are, you leave her alone. She's defenseless. You come into me. I can take it. I think it went in here. I do see it. What? Uh, this dog thing. It's very upset. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't want us up there, doesn't want us in here, doesn't want us doing this. It's definitely enraged. It definitely feels like we shouldn't be here. Like, we're on its territory right now. It's pissed. When I'm alone in this room, I get a very dark feeling. 
It's just like a heaviness, a heaviness that feels like it's pressing down on you and, and making you exhausted and sad. Do you want to move? I would love to move. You would? I would move right now. I would burn this place to the ground. I'd light the match. It doesn't need to exist. I don't feel like anybody will ever be happy here. Jimmy mentioned that his property used to be part of a farm owned by the Rudd family. I've managed to track down one of its descendants, and he tells me that the family's time on that property was filled with heartbreak. I grew up on the farm right here. How big was the farm? 999 acres. Uh, now, growing up, did you work on the farm yourself? Oh, yeah. Worked with Daddy, my Daddy. Phil, who was the first Rudd to establish the farm? Seneca, my grandfather. Okay. What kind of a man was he? He was stern. All the children had a chores to do. You had to get it done. Now, what happened if you didn't? We'd get some harsh words. Okay. I see you have a picture here. Is this your family? That's my grandfather right here. How many children did your grandfather have? Five boys and one girl. And it was two small ones that died when they were young. Do you know who they were? Was Elma. Okay. And Mary Kitty. Mary Kitty. How old was Elma? Elma was eight years old. Eight years old. Do you know how old Mary Kitty might have been? She's somewhere between six to ten. Do you have any idea, Phil, how they died? No, I do not. I definitely think that there is a dead little boy here. How old? Maybe like eight or nine. He does a lot of chores. Do you know how he died? He fell down. He was running and he fell down bad. Like I can hear something snap, crunch, you know? Like I can feel it. Your grandfather, where's he buried? He's buried at Lee's Chapel. He died at Red Station. Phil, what was Red Station? It was just a flagpole where trains stopped to pick up passengers. It was right beside the property. Okay, so it was right at the edge of the land? Yeah. Do you know any of the station's history? It was a train wreck. Okay. In 1907, I think it was. You don't know what caused it or anything like that? No, I do not. Okay. I know the fireman died. Okay. Uh, that's all I know. And they said his ghost would come back ever so often. They did? Yeah. I'm gonna need to find out a lot more about this train accident that happened right on Jimmy and Sheila's property. I'm heading over to meet with a transportation historian who says he knows all about the tragedy. So Walter, what can you tell me about this crash? On October the 17th, 1907, late at night, a freight train was coming south on the main lines and pulled off on a siding for the northbound passenger train. And while the freight train was waiting for the passenger train, Henry Clay Leonard, who was the brakeman, he fell asleep. And then all of a sudden, he heard the whistle of the approaching train. And he just woke up and he was startled. And he rushed over to the switch 
and by mistake, he opened the switch so that the passenger train, instead of passing by, crashed head-on into the waiting freight train. Did he get charged in this case? Yes, well, basically, he ran away from the wreck. He knew it was his fault. Okay. So he was devastated, and he ended up walking the 60 miles back to Spencer, where he lived. So what did they do, eventually catch up to him? And... Yeah, he was arrested and charged, and it, re it really just ruined his life. You know, he was never the same after that. There's this guy, and he's really messed up. Like, he's disoriented. He, I think, had been walking for a very long time. He didn't look real good, you know? His feet do hurt. Um, his back hurts. Um, he's in a lot of pain. Two trains collided, and there was this huge mashing of steel. And there was fires, people groaning and yelling. And uh, here, here's some articles about it right here. How many people got killed? Three people got killed right away. And okay. two or three others died later. Um, there's some dead people out there. There's a skull out there. Like, I do see dead bodies. How many? A bunch. There was blood all over, and they looked a mess. Do you know what happened? Uh-oh. I think they all got killed. I'm at the local library to find out more about this Rudd Station train disaster. But after looking through some old newspaper articles, I find something else that really turns my stomach. In 1956, along the same train line that runs through my client's property, there was a bombing that devastated a local church. But the records don't say who's responsible. I'm on my way to meet with a local journalist who says it was one of the biggest unsolved crimes in the town's history. I came across this article about a church bombing that took place right near the property I'm investigating uh, back in November 5th of 1956. Can you tell me anything about it? It was at 8 o'clock at night, and four sticks of dynamite were tossed into the church, and it just exploded. Who the hell would do this? Well, I would bet my last dollar it was a Ku Klux Klan. What would be the reason for doing this? This was a black church. Okay. And uh, the day before the November 6th election of that year, they could have been trying to intimidate uh, black voters in that part of the county or the whole county for that matter. This was a time when integration was right. taken over in the South and people were upset. The odd thing was that four men came after the dynamiting and one of them went up to look in there maybe to see what their work did and uh, as one of them was looking into the building with a flashlight, a man that was apparently, you know, standing guard came up to him with a shotgun and they, they all ran off. As far as I know, nobody was ever arrested. There are these dudes out there. There's about three or four of them. They're not good. They are scaring me. They were running away from something they were afraid of. They ran here for safety. And so they are making me nervous to go out there. 
Do you have any idea what they're hiding from? They were hiding from other men. I don't think that the four men got along either, though. They're all bad. They want to kill me. I don't like that. I gotta go back inside. Did something like this ever happen before? Yeah, oh yeah. 25 years earlier, oddly, the church burned down, and so did the school beside it. The same church? Same church, and the school was a black school. What kind of damage are we talking about? Well, it destroyed the church, knocked out the roof, uh, destroyed the pews, damaged the walls. Did anybody get killed in this or hurt? No, nobody was hurt. There was nobody there. So we were lucky. There's like these children, this woman's like teaching them, and then there's this man and he's like preaching at them. And then I do see smoke in this white little building and that people are crying. But I'm seeing it from a distance, watching this building burn. During my walk, I encountered a terrifying creature that attacks the living. I'm meeting with a sketch artist to bring this creepy thing to life. The bottom half is all dog. It was kind of leaning up against the tree. The head was more humanoid. Was there a shading or coloring to it? It was very, very solid black. Maybe just what you saw. Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Amy, I want you to meet Jimmy and Sheila. They own this home, and I think of all the times we've been doing our investigations, I've never met a family that needed our help more than them. They were all seen a lot, they're all going through something, but they believe that there's something very evil here and that it's actually attacking one of the family members. With that, I'd like to start by Amy telling us a little bit about her walk. When I was outside, I saw a skull, and there were all of these bodies. There was also a lot of blood. I did see one male who was very disoriented because he had walked and walked and walked and walked. Well, it's interesting you say that because this was once part of a thousand-acre farm. Uh, owned by the Rudd family. But it was so big that the train actually had to run through here. In 1907, there was an accident. And the accident occurred right here on the property. Three people got killed immediately, but two more died later on. Henry Clay Leonard, who was the brake man uh, on this train who caused the accident, he basically started to walk away and just kept walking. And he walked 60 miles to his house. Next day, the cops come by and they, they lock him up. I didn't know anything about that. So uh, what else did you see? When I first opened, I saw this man, and he was preaching, and there's this white building, and there's smoke coming out of it, and people were crying and freaking out. Wow. There had been a, a black Methodist church back in 1956. Right on the edge of the Rudd Farm was this church. Some men threw uh, dynamite in there and blew it up. I actually have a photo of it. Somebody I talked to about this said that 25 years before this happened, that same church and the school next to it burned down. Apparently the KKK, they feel, might have been involved in this, but nobody was ever arrested. 
There was a part where four men came in a car. kind of looked like as if they were trying to check out their handiwork. And they got approached by a guy with a shotgun, and they wound up taking off. I saw four men, and they were all bad people, and they, they made me nervous, just like the energy that was surrounding them. They're not good. They were running away from something they were afraid of. They want to kill me. What else did you see? I ran into a child in the backyard, a little boy between the ages of eight and nine. He did a lot of farming chores. Okay. The man that actually started this farm was a guy named Seneca Rudd. This is Seneca here, the older guy. He did have a son named Elmer that was eight years old that died on the property. So I spoke to Seneca's grandson, Phil, who's now 90, and he said, Nobody in the family that he know of could say how Elmer uh, died. He did say his grandfather was a stern guy, though. This is very interesting. Do you have a funny feeling about him? I saw this kid swinging on a swing, and the, an old man comes up and starts just beating the kid. When I came into the house, I saw another child who is just crazy. And all I see is like this like white streak, like it was running. So I couldn't get like if it was a male or female, it never stopped or showed itself to me. I got the sense that they were siblings. I don't have any photos of her, but the kid I just told you about, Elma, he had a sister who also died. The little girl's name was Mary Kitty. We think she died between the ages of seven and 10, the census is screwed up at that time. But we do know that she did die on the property. One of the things that I got that she likes to do is in this room in particular is uh, she would run from room to room and get on the beds. Somebody would feel movement to the bed. This child is trying to creep people out. I just notice, like at the foot of the bed, just like two hands. You feel someone standing right mm -hmm. there, annoying you, just wanting to let you know they're there. As soon as I walked through the door, I heard a woman crying. I just felt this sadness, like, overtake me. When I was in the middle bedroom, it was very strong in there. I did feel like it might be a living person and that it was definitely a female crying. You mean Sheila's daughter, Carrie, has special needs? This is her here. She's going through a tough time. She's just a very sweet, sweet girl. But she's been in and out of the hospital her whole life. She's had 19 surgeries, and 14 of those have been brain surgeries. And the Carrie that we have now, she's somebody else. Since we've been back from the hospital, she started having these just uncontrollable sobbing sessions. She would see herself being uh, whipped, set on fire, describing herself as being put in an electric chair at one time. She was just sobbing and sobbing. We'd have to tell her, you're home. You know, it didn't, it didn't ever happen. I've heard her sob, too. I mean, it's heartbreaking. Why don't you tell Amy about the attacks? Carrie uh, has had scratches on her back in places that we know she couldn't reach. I actually have a photo of it, okay. so you can see. 
Oh my. And I know she didn't do it because I'm sitting there with her the whole time. I don't understand what's happening to her. We're spiritual people and, you know, we pray, we've done everything that we could think of. And yet she's just getting further and further away from us. And then uh, she was talking about how she wanted to die. She knows sign language and the other day she got up inside and died now. Well, what else did you see? I was outside and all of a sudden I see this very large animal. I've never actually encountered one before and it was a very large black dog. So I'm watching it now from a distance and it proceeds to shift from a dog and it then stands up on its hind legs and then it started to kind of change shape. So the head is now more like a human head, but the body is still that of a dog. And as I'm looking at it, I was terrified. It's able to come in the very back bedroom. That's Amber's bedroom. Yeah, that's Amber's bedroom. Amber had mentioned that she wants things to come to her. She's actually cried out loud, take me, come on to me, leave my sister alone. Well, I did sketch it. I'm dying to see the sketch. It's odd. Oh, God. Why is it here? I mean, those limbs don't start till 30 feet up the tree or something like that. If it's that kind of scale, that's huge. That's when it was kind of morphing into human form. It's very territorial. What it wants, I think, is for you not to be here. So could this be what's making their daughter sick? Yeah. There's so many things here that are correlating. You know, we are possibly talking about a possession. The fact that she experienced a near-death, you know, type situation, your daughter is extremely open. And I think that's why it would enter her. I know when she's looking at me, that's not her. I know it's someone looking at me for the first time. And um, at one time when she was having a moment where she was kind of clear, she called me her best mommy. And she said, she says, I'm going to miss you, my best mama. <laughs> I just, I'm mad. I'm mad. Because I'm very protective of my children, and I'm very angry that that is tormenting my family. Makes me very angry. I'm like, why us? Well, I know this has been tough for you guys to hear this, but now Amy can finally give you the answers you so badly need. Can you help Carrie? Uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. It's a very difficult situation, and it's hard for me to say that, you know, there's definitely possession going on here, but your daughter might need an exorcism. which can be extremely traumatic for the individual. 
So that's why I'd like you to try something else first. This is frankincense. This is what they use in many churches to dispel any negativity, to cleanse the area. This is black salt. It's extremely uh, powerful due to the process and the blessings that it goes through. And this is a protection powder that was made by a Wiccan. This I want you to use outside first to seal the grounds and then go through the house with the salt and do every single entrance that you can conceive of. And then every night you burn your frankincense. Do this for a week straight. This might be all you need. So if after the week things don't get better for Carrie, then what? Then I think you would have to go through the process of seeing about an exorcism. What about getting rid of the kids? This will do it? Yeah. Okay. That's why I wanted you to come. I have always known there was a battle between good and evil in the house. There's a whole lot to take in and at least feel like you got some hope. We're definitely going to do this. Um, there's no doubt about that. With all the terrifying experiences this family has been through, I really hope they follow my advice and use the tools I've given them. Carrie's a defenseless victim, and she depends on her family to do what I believe they need to do.